0: the month of June, I have a very important question for you. You notice I always have important questions for you. There are important questions. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Father. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Number 152. 152. Okay, so my question for you is, here we are in June. Yes, I love June. Have you gone to Mr. Freeze yet? Or have you, you haven't gone to get any ice cream? Oh, I have ice cream in my freezer. Um. And I
1: in fact, Sunday afternoon, I was out for a walk out at Oak Openings. Yeah. And I thought to myself, the end of a good walk on a good day is a good bowl of ice cream. <laughs> so I came home. I had some really good chocolate ice cream in the freezer yet. Yeah. I had some vanilla ice cream. Yeah. And I had some blueberries.
0: So you swirled so them. So I
1: put them all together. Was it good? It was wonderful. It- and to make it even better, I sat on the patio. To eat it. I've, I've got this resolution for this summer. I've done it other years, too. Yeah. Uh, eat as many meals outside as you can.
0: Actually, that's what we've been doing as well, including our ice cream. We even splurged and got waffle cones. Oh, wow. It's A a waffle cone is a good addition to any ice cream, I find. Uh, but, we yeah, we've been eating as many meals outside, too. And what I like about that, remember back when Paul was on the podcast, we were talking about dirty floors in our house?
1: You don't have to worry about dropping things?
0: Uh, our floors have never looked better because all the mess is <laughs> <Everything's> outside. outside. <laughs>
1: uh, do you have uh, critters that come up and clean up afterwards?
0: Uh, we do have a, a quite a plethora of wildlife in the backyard. Right now, we have baby bunnies underneath the deck. So they're picking up the scraps of whatever we're having for dinner. Okay. Although the neighbor's cat came over to try to find the rabbits yesterday. We save them. Oh, yeah.
1: Cat, cats are
0: dangerous. They can't, uh, not to offend any cat lovers out there. Let's just be clear. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: it's hard to, hard to talk about anything anymore. Right. It's very true. But I, I had, uh, I wrote my midweek meditation a couple of weeks ago about hearing the baby robins and I couldn't find the Robin nest. Oh yeah. Well, the next chapter of the story is not so good. Two different places in my yard. I found little baby, uh, feathers. Uh scattered uh one was near where i think the nest was and the other one was farther out so they i think we had a couple of young robins and the mommy said time to fly the coop and they didn't quite make it oh that's my
0: guess well i'm glad that people listen to this as an uplifting part of the week (laughs) it's but
1: here's the good news there are still loads of robins around robins are pretty pretty uh common these days we've had
0: quite a few orioles in our backyard
1: oh i year. love them uh, i wrote that in the bulletin this week you know my list of thanking god for things yeah and the one was thank you for the oriole that was flying on the on the across my path when i was out hiking uh-huh and thank you for the orioles in my cupboard <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah we've been eating those too anyway here we are we are in the month of june uh we just finished up our tuesday morning mass here at the parish and i said to father right before hey you're wearing green again.
1: Yes, first time I got to wear green. Even though we yesterday started uh, Ordinary Time again, it was a special feast day. Monday, uh, the Monday after Pentecost is uh, a Marian feast day called Mary the Mother of the Church, yeah. if Pentecost is the birth of the Church. So I wore white yesterday, but today back
0: to green. But you won't get to wear it this weekend. No, because
1: that is something worth uh, talking about. I mean, other things are worth talking about he, too, but he just, sounds surprised that I brought yeah. up
0: something worth talking about. Okay,
1: we we have uh 40 days of Lent, everybody knows, it's violet. We had Holy Week, we had Easter, the Easter Triduum. Then we have 50 days of Easter uh and we just had Pentecost. Sure. So, those 90 days are over. The the Lent Easter season is over. Sayonara. But it, but it's almost like but we they throw in a few bonus days. Like it's such a good thing should have something else even better, <laughs> even additional. Yeah. So this coming Sunday is the Feast of Holy Trinity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the following Sunday is the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Body and Blood of Christ. Now, if you really want to be good, there's even one more.
0: What is that? I don't Do know. Do you know it, that? I don't know that. It's
1: not on Sunday. That's why not everybody knows it. The Friday after the Feast of Body and Blood of Christ... Friday oh, afterwards is sacred, sacred, heart. sacred
0: Heart. I did know that. Okay. I just didn't know we were going there.
1: Yeah. but So it's like these are bonus days. You almost like can't get enough. And the truth is we can't get enough of all the goodness.
0: You know, that reminds me, usually for the Feast of the Sacred Heart, I'm out at the Visitation Monastery on Parkside with the sisters for their novena. But they've been cloistered. I, I I haven't heard anything been, about it. This they've been year. quarantined
1: for three hundred years. <laughs> yeah,
0: they got this down. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think the chapel's open to the public right now. So oh, is that it? I'm not. I'm not positive, but I haven't heard anything about it this year. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's one of my favorite things I do each year. Yeah,
1: you love getting up to play. Six, is it six thirty mass? No, seven. Seven. Oh, seven well.
0: a.m. But you have to drive there. Yeah. So well, here we are getting ready for Holy Trinity this weekend. And last weekend, as Father said, we celebrated Pentecost. It was also the first weekend that we. Uh, had people in the church again. Do you want to talk about that experience a little bit for you?
1: I only talked to one other pastor and his experience was similar to ours. Um, So I'm not, I don't believe this is necessarily true everywhere, but both of us talked about how it was a very small group coming. I do not feel bad about that. I think people have to decide for themselves when it's time to come. Uh, So uh, we said we had a limit of 250 considering the size of our church. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did we have? About 40 at Saturday Mass. Correct. And maybe 120, 125 at Sunday morning Mass. Yep. So um, these were not big crowds. It actually was wonderful as a way of kind of getting used to, uh, I don't want to say dealing, you know, crowd control or anything, but dealing with procedures. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that my heart jumped just in a giddy way to see people yeah it was just good to see people yeah uh at the same time i as i said i totally respect the people who have chosen not to come yet and um so for me uh i said all along we're opening slowly intentionally just a little crack in the door we don't want people to say oh it's going to be back to where it was i think that was a total misunderstanding that might be months who knows sure um But it is a chance for people to celebrate in person. Um, I think we have to wait weeks to see what's going on uh, in terms of the pandemic, you know, as not just churches but other things in society are opening a little bit more. Yeah. uh, Do we know what's going to be happening? Sure. And I have also been very impressed with people respecting space, people wearing masks, people uh, really uh, watching out for each other. And, uh, you know, it's really, I think sometimes we see the best of people when everybody realizes it's not like your normal thing. What I did say at one of the weekday masses last week was when you come up for communion, it's very intentional because you're coming up with a mask, you receive in your hand, you step to the side, remove the mask, receive the host and go back. Mm -hmm. I think the very first time, it's a distraction figuring out what you're doing right by the second or third time it's probably a real positive thing because
0: it's so intentional well and i've noticed even the people that have been here for a couple of the weekday masses now are much more comfortable coming up to communion than they were the very first time
1: yeah we um i think you get used to everything and uh, we have to learn the ropes, so, so to speak. Sure.
0: Just to answer a couple of questions that I've been getting, you know, because we did have a bit of a smaller crowd over the weekend. Some people are asking, well, are you still taking reservations? And the answer is yes, because really we don't know what to expect from week to week. So we're going to keep reservations in place with a, a max of 250 people. Uh, and somebody asked you about, well, I didn't hear. Right,
1: right before the 10 o'clock mass. So that's why I put you on the spot at the end of the mass in front of 10,000 people watching online. Wow, 10,000. Uh, well, whatever. Right. Uh, the whole question was, uh, Do you, if you do sign up and say, I want to reserve a spot at the 5 o'clock mass or 10 o'clock mass, uh, do they get uh, a confirmation? And the answer is?
0: There's no confirmation email that goes out. when you When you submit the form, there is a confirmation right there on that page that says, we've received it that pops up, um, on on the page itself. But once we're full, if, if we fill like for this weekend, if we were to fill up for one of the masses, it will say this mass is full and you won't be able to actually reserve a seat. So you would be notified of that on the page when you go to it. Uh, the other question, uh, people asked, you know, at first we were saying if we were to uh, hit capacity, we may ask some families not to come two weeks in a row. Right now, that's not an issue. So if you were here uh, last weekend, you're welcome to sign up again for this weekend. And again, we'll just take this one week at a time as we go. Um, And I've noticed
1: some people have even explicitly told me, and I've seen it in person, where they've chosen to come to a weekday Mass. Sure. People who maybe are available
0: at 9 o'clock during the week. Right. It is uh, for sure uh, a learning experience for all of us, and we're just uh, extremely thankful for your patience and your prayers and your community and your faith through all of this. Let's talk Trinity. Okay. <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded like the beginning of a, a movie trailer. Yeah. In uh, the world. And what
1: is the line I use every year when I talk about Holy Trinity? For, you know it. You've, you've been with me. This is our 15th Feast of Holy Trinity together.
0: Yes. And so what you will say, generally— well, I, I don't intend to say it this week, but I'm going to let you say it in this podcast. So— you, you usually start by saying, every year on the Feast of the Holy Trinity, we hear the worst homilies in the world, because every homilist says, the Trinity is a mystery that can't be explained, so let me try to explain it to you. How did Thanks, I do? That, was that good? That was very good. Yeah, We've been together for a while. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm going <laughs> to say your lines once in a while, too. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but I've been trying to think of the problem with the Holy Trinity is we try to explain it rather than experience it. Mm. And so... Uh, the scripture readings really are fascinating to me because they're not trying to explain the Trinity. They're just living it. Uh, would you like to do the pleasure of reading the gospel passage, which is John 316 to 18, so it's a total of three verses, three of the best-known verses in all of John's gospel, which, of course, makes it hard because what we wouldn't give to
0: see this on a sign at a sporting event right now.
1: Well, that might all be all that you see is the sign. There's no people there. Okay, you're, you're on.
0: All right, from the Gospel of John. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And if you notice, you read that
1: gospel and it says, why is this chosen for Trinity? It doesn't even mention the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But it is the relationship of the Father and Son. Yes, yes. Which, And by the way, the relationship is the Spirit, theologically. Sure. The it's. Uh, I think that goes back to St. Thomas. Uh, you know, the Father and the Son have this overwhelming love, and the love itself is the Spirit that's personified.
0: It's also, in some ways, an extension of what we just celebrated last week. You know, we go from the birth of the Church with the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, and now we hear this beautiful image of Father and Son. You know, we don't have to compartmentalize one Sunday at a time. It's all part of a bigger picture.
1: I've said that before, too. You're you're quoting me. Here I am. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know... After, I, after 14 years, one of these years, you're, 15 years, you might graduate one of these
0: I'm years. I'm a chip off the old block. Oh, boy, thank you. Yeah. Okay,
1: <laughs> so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life. Uh, do you think that you have an image of what eternal life is? I mean, probably most of us have that image of eternal life that we had when we were kids, Somehow, as kids, we we, we were told, go to heaven, and you'll live there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your image of eternal
0: life? Wow. Um, I think, for me, it, it's an image of union with God. Uh, you know, everybody always jokes, well, when I go to heaven, there's going to be endless amounts of ice cream, or, you know, whatever it may be. By the way, I'm hoping that's true. <laughs> because... Something that's so bad for you shouldn't taste so good. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, th- if you look at it from a, a purely um, basic concept, you know, we would say that heaven, being in heaven or being in eternal life is uh, eternal union with God versus hell would be eternal separation from God, right? Yeah. At a, at its most basic uh, fundamental level so you know being forever fully united with God eternally um, I can't wrap my head around that I mean we're so finite in the way that we understand time here on earth I don't know how I could possibly begin to understand something that goes on without any end infinite. yeah yes. With with without
1: uh, without time without space sure for me it's the the moment you know i th- the mistake we make you know you have eternal life we think it goes on and on and on <laughs> and on when are we going to move on to the next thing god yep right well but a moment is a moment it's like now and it is the now and it is the now that can that, i don't even say that once to say that it continues because that's a a notion of ongoing again mm-hmm. but it is it is the now and the now uh, the now of Immersion in God's love, the strength of it, the power, overwhelming, just being uh, completely encapsulated, enveloped in goodness.
0: You know, I also think of that line that, again, pulling from your library of quotes that you usually highlight at funeral masses, uh, it's in the Eucharistic prayer for the funeral mass, that for God's faithful people, life has changed, not ended, right? And so that, you know, we've talked— Countless times on this podcast before about you know, the kingdom of God isn't something that we're waiting for to happen. It's happening now. Yeah. We're in it. And so that, you know, the life that we have here on earth won't end. It's going to just change. It'll be different, but it will happen forever.
1: But the seeds of it are here. So uh use a, a garden garden variety uh image and literally from the
0: garden. It's a good time of year for that. If you
1: are Waiting for a particular flower, your favorite rose or favorite flower to bloom and you watch it and then it just comes into full bloom and you think there's nothing more beautiful, but I can't save it. Yeah. It's going to be gone. But what if you, you do have that day, that moment of bloom. So maybe on earth, we're conscious that it's on its way and you can see the, the blooming starting, mm-hmm. but in, in eternity, it is that day of bloom forever. Forever. <laughs> yeah. This isn't who's the co- Who's the comedian that says, why do we have to say forever and ever? Once you say the forever, there's no, no reason
0: for the extra, extra ever. Oh, I've never heard that, but that's <laughs> yeah. good. It's true. We always say forever. Forever and ever.
1: and ever. But that's, okay, this is my turn to get off track. You're supposed to pull me back. Okay.
0: Come on. Stop. I never get off track. Why would you go down such well, a slippery the pro- slope? Back
1: to the problem of the Holy Trinity is, I mean, the Trinity is not the problem. The pro- <laughs> problem of preaching on the Holy Trinity yeah. is... How do we take this and say that this is somehow impacting our life? Now, why do people quote this 316 at football games? Why do they have the big signs? Because it is so incredibly consoling. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So that everyone who believes now, it's not just it's especially in John's gospel. Believing is not just in your head or even in your heart. The word believe is inclusive. It includes action. It includes response. Hmm. So that everyone believe who believes in him is basically saying, it's now mine. It's no longer something out there that I'm uh, accepting. It is part of my DNA, and I have become part of it. So if I believe in Jesus, I'll have eternal life. I won't perish, but it means that my whole life is geared in a particular direction, and that's the real challenge. How do we gear our life in
0: in the in the direction of Jesus? I think some of that can be found in the second reading for this weekend, which I know not, we don't always get a chance to get to on the podcast. But. The
1: end. The end of Paul's second letter to the Corinthians,
0: and there is. Um, I think this is such a timely reading for what our world is going through right now. Would you read this, please? I would
1: love to. Thank you for asking me. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. Mend your ways. Encourage one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the holy ones greet you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you.
0: So there's the Trinitarian image there. There's at the a end.
1: Trinitarian, but that is also now used at the very beginning of mass when the priest makes the sign of the cross. And then there's usually a greeting like the, the peace, peace of the uh, peace and uh, goodness of the Lord be with you. But the other one is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. Mm-hmm. That, that, the word communion is used now instead of fellowship. Um, but anyway, so that's used at the beginning of Mass in a Trinitarian formula to say, it's like all
0: of God's love uh, fill you up.
1: But I think the part of this passage you were looking at is this whole idea of...
0: Well, first I was going to say, we're not greeting each other with any kisses right now during the coronavirus. Yeah. but <laughs> Greet
1: greet, each, greet one another with a holy kiss from six feet away. With a mask on.
0: Um but you know the the given the immense um unrest in our country right now with everything that's going on in multiple cities you know the whole idea of agree with one another live in peace and the god of love and peace will be with you um one one of my favorite
1: uh quotes from the bible it comes from the old testament i think it's in there a couple of times and it's been used by Pope Paul VI, and I think Pope Benedict used it, probably John, the, John Paul II did, and certainly Francis, is if you want peace, work for justice. Mm. So when you say, you know, this is so beautiful, what Paul is saying at the end of his letter to the Corinthians, but you also have to read the rest of his letters to the Corinthians. He sure. wrote two letters. And of course, the first letter of the Corinthians, he told them, "You guys are divided. Don't remember? Don't you remember? The body is one, one, and has many parts. But you have to respect the different parts." We just heard that last. We weekend. heard that for the feast of uh, Pentecost. Pentecost. He also wrote, "Love is patient, love is kind." And it's not just for our weddings. He didn't write it for our wedding. Right. He wrote it about the community. You have you can't be brutish and you can't be self centered. You have to look at the good of the other person. Mm-hmm. Love is not vain. You put all this together, and then you come here, and he says, Okay, now include each other, and this will represent the Holy Trinity as we include each other.
0: Beautiful words to live by. Um, A lot to unpack in these readings this weekend. Uh, So maybe take some time before Mass just to read and pray through these readings yourself. Father, always good to be with you.
1: And it's good to be back in our... um, old studio which is the conference room about 10 feet apart from each other
0: we've never been more separated doing a well that's not true (laughs) we were at our houses for about 10 weeks yeah hey um let's go get some ice cream eventually (laughs) i just got turned down publicly all right guys take care god bless